It's Tuesday, April 30th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This day podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Delhi, India. On March 15th, 2019, in Birmingham, Alabama, we hosted an event called Ark Stories in uh, coordination with an organization called Ark Stories. And it was a storytelling event where we were able to have individuals come and tell a story on the hope and the healing and the life and the hope and the future that they had experienced through uh, orphan care or adoption. One of our storytellers was Jared Cornett. And Jared and his wife, Candace have adopted a little boy from India. And so being in India, we thought it'd be appropriate to share Jared's story Uh, Jared is a husband, father, son, brother, pastor, teacher, student, and much more. Uh, He uh, tries to love God, love people, serve God, and serve people. He graduated from the University of Alabama and double majored in political science and history. After that, he moved to Wake Forest, where he graduated from the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary with a Master's of Divinity. He's currently also a student at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, pursuing a Ph.D. in historical theology. Jared serves as the pastor to students in college at the First Baptist Church of Alabaster. Jared has been working in and around student ministry since 2011. Uh, he is uh, also a, a podcaster and leads lead host of the Potluck Podcast, a podcast centered around Southern Baptist life and Southern culture. He's also a contributor for TopChristianBooks.com. As we said, they adopted Andrew Fuller Cornett in July of 2018 from India, and we hope that you enjoy Jared's story about his adoption from India. Adoption for our family was plan A. Now, I understand for every family that adopts, that may not be the circumstances due to fertility issues or maybe adopting later in life after having biological children. But for us, adoption was plan A, and really for two reasons. And I'll share both of those with you right now. Uh, First is that God began writing that on our hearts, my wife Candace and I, before we even knew each other. So Candace, when she was growing up in her neighborhood, there was a little girl that grew up that did not look like her parents. I thought physically she just looked different, had a different background, and she asked her parents about that child, and they explained what adoption was, and she just couldn't wrap her mind around there are children in the world who don't have moms and dads. It doesn't make sense. So she wanted to adopt one day in life, and she began praying for a husband that would want to adopt in life. Now, me being a knuckleheaded kid growing up, adoption was never on my mind at a young age like it was for my wife. And I remember the first time that I saw Candace, I was at a college ministry retreat, and I looked at my friend Corey Tyson, and I said, that is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. And doing my due diligence, as any college student would in the time that I went to college, I got on Facebook, figured out what her name was, and looked her up. Bad news was she was taken at the time. So I just kind of kept an eye on her profile to see how things were going with the boyfriend. (laughs) And... um, As luck would have it, or as I like to say, the sovereign grace of God, she became single in January, and I thought, this is my moment. So I asked Candace on a date, and she said no. And, uh, okay, a few months go by, she still talks to me. I asked Candace on a second date. Candace says no. I'm not feeling very confident about myself. And during this time, I go on a mission trip uh, to Zimbabwe, an incredibly poor country. I went to this village called Sanyadi. I was working on replacing a roof for a hospital. And while we're there, this woman walks up to me. 
and she hands me a little boy, probably can't be more than a year old. She just hands him to me. I don't know the language, so I just, I'm playing with the kid. This is a very cute kid. Thank you for letting me hold your child. But she's walking away, and she's crying, and our translator comes and takes the child out of my hands and takes it back to the mom. He comes and explains to me, this woman heard that there were Americans in the village working, and she recognized that you were a white American man and that you could give her child a better life than she could ever have, and she gave him away to you. And that utterly broke me, utterly broke me. I I got back uh, from the mission trip, and as the sovereign grace of God would have it, Candace started texting me, and I thought, I will try one more time. And so I did what any uh, good future pastor would do. I lied to Candace. Um, I told her I had tickets to a concert on my birthday, and I'm not going to tell you who the musician was because it's embarrassing. But I asked her if she would go with me, and she said yes. I didn't have tickets to the concert because I was not buying tickets if she was going to sh- shoot me down again. And um, <laughs> she said yes, I think mainly to go to the concert, but I, I uh, won her over, and we began dating shortly after that. And, and Candace did not know how God was working in my life. And I didn't know how he had already worked in her life uh, but as we were dating and we could tell where things were going, she said we need to have a conversation. And she spoke to me about adoption. I said, I am on board. I want to do that. A year later, I went to South Africa and I worked with an orphanage called the Door of Hope in Johannesburg, South Africa. You may be familiar with that. In Johannesburg, children are left on the street every day. And this orphanage provides a place for children to be um, uh, given to this orphanage in a very safe environment. And God just reaffirmed it on that trip as I was going to seminary and as we were about to get engaged, that we were going to adopt and we were going to adopt before we even tried to have children. And that's foreign to a lot of people, but that's what we knew God was writing on our hearts from a very young age before we even knew each other. About a year into our marriage, Candace and I, we decided we wanted to start looking to adoption. We knew that it could be a long process. There's a lot of paperwork and things like that. And we really wanted to adopt from India for a lot of reasons. One, we met the age requirements, or we were about to make the age requirements for that. A lot of countries, you have to be in your 30s. We wanted to adopt first and have a family young. And we wanted to adopt through Lifeline. We had friends who worked with Lifeline. We knew that they uh, are a biblical organization and that they would really prepare us for what was going to happen. And we looked, and, and to our dismay, uh, Lifeline did not have an India program at that time. And Candace was still about two years away from really being old enough to adopt from India. So we went about our lives, and uh, we were doing ministry in North Carolina, and we were ready to start our family. And we just went to the Lifeline website, and bam, there it was. There was an India program. God had knew what he had written on our hearts. He knew our desire, and he provided this opportunity for us. And so we applied with Lifeline. We got in. We had to wait a little while because she still wasn't quite old enough. And then in July uh, of 2017, we finished our home study, and we began uh, looking for a match. And during this time, we moved from North Carolina back to Birmingham to do ministry here. And Candace was working her first day at her new school. And I'm at the beach with my family, and Morgan Turch calls me and says, there's a little boy He's 11 months old. Here's his special needs. I said, i got to call Candace. So I called and called and called, and teachers don't always have their phones available. So I just keep calling and calling and calling until eventually she tells her kids, i got to step out of the classroom. And I said, Candace, he's 11 months old. Uh, here's his issues that he's got going on medically. And she said, yes, that, that, that's, our, that's our son. And we got that picture, and we looked at this cute little bald 11-month-old boy wearing a Super Mario shirt. And we were just we were so excited. And then the, the next few months were 
filled with excitement, and they were filled with low points as well. We never got another update uh, until we went and got our son. We didn't get another picture. We would ask the orphanage, how is he doing? There was no response. And Lifeline did everything that they could, but it was really up to them. And so we were just kind of in the dark. Is he healthy? I remember that we just prayed every night, God, we pray that Andrew, who is our son, we pray that he is healthy and that he is loved and that he loves others. And we prayed that and prayed that. And last July, we got on an airplane. We flew to Mumbai, India. And it was just a whirlwind of a trip. And I remember we had to drive nine hours to his village from Mumbai. And uh, his village is a Hindu pilgrimage city. So there were about a million and a half Hindus walking to his village, walking down the interstate, which means we had to take back roads in India. And back roads in India are not like back roads in Alabama because they're not roads. They're just wherever you're driving. I remember we go, we go into the, his village, and I'll, I'll just never forget that moment. That little boy walks in, and he uh, put his arms up, and he let me hold him, and they told us he knows what's going on. He knows he's going with you guys, and we spent a whopping 45 minutes in his orphanage, and then we were gone. We took him away from everything that he had ever known, and he was kind of, you could tell he was processing things, and we're driving back. Uh, we're going to Pune at this time, and uh, Alex, who is the uh, team leader uh, on the ground in India, decides that we're going to stop and eat uh, on this place on the side of the road in India. Now, if you're driving through Alabama, the best barbecue restaurants in the world are on the side of the road, hole-in-the-wall type of place. In my experience, the best places they eat in India are not that. But that's where we stopped and ate at. <laughs> and uh, I remember we sat down, and the guy comes, and Alex is like, how hot do you want it? I was like, I don't want it hot. He's like, you don't want it hot? I said, I, I'm, no, I'm a wussy. I don't want it hot, okay, mild. And the guy, so he translates it, and he brings out the food, and he says, very, very mild. Friends, that was the hottest thing I've ever put in my mouth. But the, one of the sweetest moments of while we were there happened. I, was, uh, I took Andrew out onto the porch, and I, I stuck my finger out, and he just grabbed my finger, and he just walked everywhere I walked. And he was touching things, and there was just a lot that he was processing. But in that moment, I realized, I, I'm the dad of this little boy. And we named him... Andrew Fuller Cornut. Andrew Fuller was a particular Baptist preacher in England uh, in the 1800s, 1700s, and he started what is called the Baptist Missionary Society. And the Baptist Missionary Society sent a missionary named William Carey to India. William Carey spent the rest of his life in India making disciples, preaching the gospel, starting schools, and planting churches. And so Andrew doesn't have an Indian name, but his name certainly has Indian roots and it has Christian roots as well. So we always love to get to share that about Andrew. And the second reason uh, that adoption was plan A for us is because we wanted adoption and the gospel to be made known in our family. We wanted to be able to look at Andrew and say, friend, son, you were not a, a second thought to us. You weren't uh, plan B for us. We set our eyes upon you. Just like it explains in Ephesians chapter 1, Andrew did not know we were coming. He had no idea who we were. But we set our eyes and our love on this little boy who did not know who we were, just like God sets his love and his eyes on the children that he adopts. And we paid a lot of money, and we did a lot of paperwork to go and get him, just like Christ gave his life and lived perfectly on this earth in order to adopt us. And Andrew doesn't know that, and one day he'll come to know that. 
But we get to share that with our future children. And we'll get to share that with our friends and family that this is the gospel. John Piper, a very well-known pastor and author, says that adoption is the gospel made visible. And we, we know that's true for our family. Canada's and I, you know, we, we try to plan things out. And you can't always do that when uh, God is involved in things. So we said, we'll try to have biological children probably a year from now or something like that. Andrew is uh, eight months home and Candace is eight months pregnant. And uh, William Carey Cornut will be coming uh, into our family this May. And my prayer for my two sons, who bear the names of these two giant theologians and, and uh, pastors, is that they will love God and be known by God like these men were, and that they will make much of Jesus because Jesus changes everything. Because Jesus changed my life, I was able to have an influence on this little boy's life who is now my son. And I get to get to love him and play with him every morning and get to change all of his diapers while he giggles while I do it. And adoption for me has made the realness of God so real in my life. Um, when we first had Andrew in the hotel that first day, he would not get on the bed. He would only sleep on the floor. And he was, uh, the first day, he was just on the ground screaming and crying, and he was calling out his caregiver's name from the orphanage. And I'm just thinking, man, what am I, did we make a mistake? This little boy was loved. He was taken care of. We took him away from everything he knows. Did we make a mistake? But I had a sweet realization just this past weekend. Uh, it was about midnight, and a, a truck in our neighborhood backfired, and some people were talking. And I, the little boy, uh, Andrew, started crying, and I heard, Dada, 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 he's weeping, and I go into his room, he sticks his arms up. See, he knows I'm his dad, and he stops crying because he knows when he's in dad's arms, he's safe, and he's taken care of, and I, I rock him, I put him down, I say, all right, buddy, I'm going to go back to bed, and he points to the chair in his room, and he asks me to sit down because he knows if dad's in the room, he's okay, he's protected, he's taken care of. And that's what our Heavenly Father has done for us. He's taken care of us. And I remember thinking in that moment, man, I, I could have missed this. I could have missed this opportunity. I could have missed this in my life. And I, I, I'm not. I'm getting to experience every day God's sovereign grace every day in my life. Friends, I don't know why you're here. I don't know what you're exploring and thinking of. But I can promise you this. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss being a part of that. It'll change your life forever in an incredible way. It'll be hard and it'll be difficult, but God will shower you with grace. Our church family has been so phenomenal. I was terrified to bring a brown-skinned boy back to Alabama. Terrified of that. And our church has been nothing but loving and showered that boy uh, with God's grace. You don't want to miss it. Thank you. Well, if you enjoyed Jared's story and if you're enjoying the Defender podcast, we'd ask that you'd take a moment now and go to your favorite podcasting app and rate the Defender podcast. Let us know uh, how you like this. Your rating also allows other people to more easily find stories like Jared's and other content that we're putting out on the Defender podcast. So when you rate it, you're actually helping others find the Defender podcast and to learn more about what we're doing through Lifeline. So please take a moment now and rate the Defender podcast. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.